When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Ram fam? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Had a great interview with David Roddy, was able to talk about CSU's most recent success. We really dove into that Boise State game at length. Previewed the upcoming road trip, took a couple of side tangents. It was it was a great interview. This might have honestly been our best podcast together yet. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Real quick, I do want to shout out Drew Goodman for coming on the Rams pod on Monday. Truly a dream come true. I mean, it, it, it's so wild to me that I have even, you know, had, had conversations with him, let alone the fact that he, you know, knows who I am and was willing to come on my show and, you know, has, has credited my work. I mean, it's, it's absurd for me. And just, <laughs> it was really cool. You know, one of those moments where I kind of had to pinch myself. I'm not a somebody, you know, I have a, I have a long way to go before I'm in that category, but you know, I've, I've really put in a lot of hard work over the last five, six years. Um, and it, it feels like it's paying off, but big shout out to drew. You should check out his podcast as well. It is great. He had Jay Norvell on. He recently had an interview with Tony Alford. This is a guy with connections all over the state. So it's really an enjoyable podcast, especially if you are a Colorado sports fan, could not recommend it more. And please go check it out. If you missed it with him, I really think it was a fun episode. I mean, we talked about his broadcast career and how Drew kind of branched into play-by-play duties, calling CSU games in the late 80s. We kind of went over what's changed in this state in terms of interest in, in college athletics and what needs to happen for programs like CSU and see you to kind of reclaim, you know, the glory, reach the the higher points that they were able to throughout the 90s and kind of early 2000s. We talked about the hiring of Norvell, CSU Hoops, all kinds of stuff. I asked him a random question about uh, Yorvit Torrealba. If you were a Rockies fan during their World Series run in 2007, you know that name. But he always wore a CSU shirt. And I always wanted to know what that was about. You know, wh- where did that connection come from? Was it because of Kelly McGregor? Uh, Dallas Davis, what was it? And Drew was able to explain to me that it was actually because of an assistant team trainer. So just, you know, lots of fun side tangents. It was was really awesome. Go check it out. All right, let's get to that interview with David. Before we do, though, something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is. I mean, if you've attempted this process in Colorado, it's it's crazy out here. The housing market is absolutely crazy. And that's why you got to let my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Just take some of that worry off your plate. As mortgage brokers are able to shop over a dozen lenders with many products to find the right fit for you, they want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. If you're interested, visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, 
Get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Or again, just go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we've got Team DNVR athlete David Roddy. The Rams are hot, four straight wins, 10 days. How are you feeling, man? I mean, just the, the stretch of playing four intense games with a lot of travel, got to be pretty exhausting. Yeah, no, uh, I feel good. Uh, you know, just glad we, we pulled out, you know, four wins. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a huge stretch for us. Um, you know, again, just super proud of my team for the way they played over the past, you know, two weeks. So, uh, and we got a lot more coming. So, um, you know, we're just preparing for that now. Let's just talk about that Boise game since that was the, the most recent one. It, it seemed like you guys really came out with kind of an edge. I mean, the, the first 10 minutes, especially you guys dominated, had a 16-0 run. Did you feel like you kind of caught them off guard? Uh. Kind of. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, I think it was just, you know, our mentality going into that game. We knew it was going to be a fight. You know, Boise is a tournament team. So, uh, you know, to to play the way we did, especially in the first half. And, you know, again, you know, sometimes we we start off slow and we didn't want to do that. So uh, we just wanted to push the pace a little bit and get stops on defense. And, you know, we really did. Um, you know, even even in the first media uh you know, coach still challenged us like, hey, that's not good enough. You guys have a whole nother level to go to. So, uh, we, you know, we pushed it a little bit. And, and, you know, Isaiah Stevens was getting steals. Kendall was getting steals. And, you know, we were just getting down in transition. So it was, it, was a, it was a really great start to the game. It seems like Kendall has kind of refound a sense of confidence. I mean, he, it's not like he wasn't making an impact. But eight points in the first five minutes of that game, he's flying around all over the floor. He's had a really nice stretch here over these wins. Yeah, no, he's, he's been great. Um, you know, that's just the kid he is, uh, he's, he's a fighter. So, um, you know, for him to, for him to, you know, get out that slump and, you know, play the way he's playing now, you know, when basically at one of the most important times of the season is, is, is awesome to see. So, um, you know, he's always going to give it on the defensive end as well as, you know, share the ball and, and cut hard, but, you know, when he's knocking down shots, our team is, is a different team. Do you guys recognize that it, it's, kind of been, uh, I don't know, selfless, I guess, of some of, you know, Kendall and Adam, you know, being seniors, having to step back. That's probably kind of been a somewhat of a tough role for them, but it, it seems like they've adjusted, you know, I guess, like, what what have you guys been telling them throughout this process? Just, you know, like how important they are and, you know, that you need them still, you know, to make this run? Yeah, man, it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, you know, coach is the first person to to mention that basically on in every team meeting and every, you know, way that they can to get their spotlight, they, uh, you know, he shares it. So, um, you know, man, we just keep telling them, Hey, you guys are, you know, you guys are the vets up on the team and, and you just, we, you know, we're here for you and, and we're ready for you when, whenever you get in the game and, and, you know, they, they do a great job of being leaders, especially vocal leaders, you know, during timeouts and, you know, telling the young guys what to do. So, you know, they're, they're a great duo in, in the fact that, you know, they, they accept their role and, and embrace it. You know, AT is coming off of a, off of injury. So, um, you know, his, I think his minutes will ramp up as well. And he's, he's going to catch his group. I mean, you know, he's one of the best shooters in the Mountain West. So, um, you know, both of them are. So, um, you know, I'm just excited and super happy that, you know, they're on our team. 
as far as Adam goes, can you give some insight for, for maybe people who don't recognize just how challenging it is to be a guy, especially, you know, his, his biggest impact is three point shooting, at least on the offensive end mm-hmm. to, you know, come off the bench and maybe only have two or three attempts. It's, it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm that way. Yeah. Uh, it's extremely difficult. Um, you know, again, Adam is, you know, the, the, Basically, I, I call him Captain Steve Rogers because he can't do anything wrong. So, um, you know, he he's he's a guy that will give you his all no matter what. You know, he doesn't care about, you know, stats or or starts or, you know, how many minutes he plays. You know, he just wants to win a championship. Um, you know, he's, he started basically every game that he's been here, you know, since he's, you know, been able to play. Um, and so, you know, for him, I know I know it's definitely tough, uh, you know, coming off, you know, the bench as a senior. But, you know, again. You know, that's just the type of person he is. You know, he's a high character guy and, you know, he's just bought into his role. And, you know, I have a feeling I have a feeling one of these games that he's just going to have a breakout game, you know, like every year he, he does. So, um, you know, once that game, once that game happens, I'm going to just be having a smile on my plate, my face the whole game. So, uh, man, I couldn't be more proud of that kid. He's due for sure. Um, I hope he gets it at home because I think if he hits a three, Moby is just going to absolutely, you know, go bananas. Like yeah. everybody is rooting for this kid to succeed. And I don't know. I just, I, it, it's going to happen. I, I feel the same way. He's, he's due at some point. He's going to get his moment. Um, kind of going back to that Boise state game. There was a moment after Boise state had, had kind of made a run, especially at the end of the first half and into the second half coach calls a timeout. It, on TV, it looks like he's, you know, kind of ripping into you guys. And then you kind of take over the game after there. What what was the message? And I know you probably can't say everything that was said, but, yeah. you know, what what was the message throughout that process? Yeah, I'm going to keep it very PG rated. Um, you know, it was it was just, you know, we just had to we just had to play harder. Um, you know, I think there was a loose ball on the floor and, and one of our guys didn't didn't dive on it. And then that's what, you know, really sparked the, the sparked the time out and. Um, I think they went on a run as well. I think it was a uh, 57 to 50 when he called the timeout. So, you know, we were you know up two, and now we're down seven. So, um, you know, that's just the type of, you know, basketball game it is, you know, it's a game of run. So, um, you know, we didn't, didn't take a charge as well, missed an opportunity to take a charge and, and dive on a loose ball. And, you know, those are winning plays too. So, um, you know, understanding that and the magnitude of the game as well. Um, you know, I could, I, I expected it when he called the timeout. So I already knew what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it seemed like it was an effective timeout. So, I mean, you guys completely flipped the game around after that. Yeah, it was a uh, man. No. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the great part about our team is we accept the challenge and, you know, we, we, we fight with adversity. Um, you know, that was, a, that was a huge run that they had. And, you know, again, you know, we just went out and executed on offense and, you know, picked it up even more on defense, especially on the defensive rebounding part as well. Um, you know, they're Boise State's a great offensive rebounding team. Uh, I think we limited them to below their average. I have no idea, but, um, you know, again, you know, just for us to accept that challenge and, you know, hold them the way we did was, was pretty cool. Do you feel like you guys are kind of in a groove defensively? It seems like you guys have kind of figured out, you know, rotationally, you know, you and James Moores have a nice rapport together when he comes off the bench. It just seems like, you know, top to bottom, everybody's kind of identified, you know, how to play together and then what they do best. And, you know, you're kind of coming together at the right time here. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, I think that's just, again, with experience as well. Um, you know, me and James, you know, we've, we've been working out with each other for three years now, basically with everybody. Uh, so, you know, we have, you know, 
familiarities when we're on the court and, and our chemistry is really good. Um, and, you know, again, it's just, it's more of a, a, a buy-in, a mental buy-in to defense, um, you know, taking your matchup personal and not trying to not allow him to score a single point, you know, during the whole game. Uh, you know, I know that's not going to happen, but, um, you know, just having that mindset on defense is, is something that we've been trying to push uh, the past, you know, two months, I would say. Um, and just taking it more personal and, and not allowing people to just get where they need to be and and just, you know, allow them to have a comfortable time on offense. So uh, we've definitely improved on it, and, and you can see that in Boise. Are you seeing a more confident James on the offensive end? Because, I mean, he's whenever he's played this year, he's come in and, and been aggressive defensively. It seems like, at least just as an observer, these last couple of games, he's like, I don't know what, I can put the ball on the floor every now and then. I do hit him with a spin move the other day. I mean, it's, it's just, it's good to see because I think it opens everything up. Yeah. I would say he's, yeah, definitely getting more confident. Um, you know, he's been able to do that, you know, ever since he got here, he's a really skilled big, uh, you know, his ball handling is, is one of his strong suits as well. Um, and I think he's getting more comfortable, you know, with the chemistry on the offense and knowing, you know, when the score and everything, uh, you know, in the past we would dump down to him and he would hesitate and like, we would just be like, go score. And then he, yeah, you have the size, you have the athleticism, you have the skill, just, you know, I get it though. It it seems like that's changed though. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a stark difference of understanding, like, you know, once James gets the ball in the low post, like he can go, like, we don't have to cut off of him or, you know, get an open shot. Like he is the shot, you know? So, um, you know, it's just awesome to see his growth as well. and, And just in his confidence as well on the defensive end, you know, he's been great for us. Um, game-winning blocks and, and charges and wallows and everything. So he's been awesome. There was some controversy on whether, you know, that was a foul or not at the end of the play. I'll say, I paused it. He's straight up. He goes up. It doesn't look like he initiates the contact to me. I mean, I, I get unbiased, but look clean to me. Uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I guess. I didn't uh, call it, so that's all that matters. No comment. No comment. We got the win, so I'm just glad about that. <laughs> Well, I mean, really a couple of controversial calls, I guess, the last couple of games. Um, did did they explain what happened at the end there? It, I guess an inadvertent whistle is what the ruling was uh, at the end of the Boise State game? Yeah, I didn't hear all of it. Uh, you know, Coach Medved was, was very confused as well because it initially was... What was it? They said he stepped out of bounds. So yeah, that's, that's a pretty thing. So it was, it was, he stepped out of bounds and then they said he was, they reviewed it. He wasn't out of bounds and they called the timeout. But they didn't have any timeouts. They didn't have a timeout. And then they said, they taught, and that's when I like left because I thought it was like, okay, we're technical. Let's, let's gather the guys and, you know, let's knock these free throws out. Let's go home. And they said it was an inadvertent whistle. It's white ball. But I was like, wait, he stepped out of bounds. But then looking back at the film to the last night, he double dribbled too. It was, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was a crazy, you know, thing, especially because the crowd was so loud and, and everybody, he probably was going to call timeout or, you know, a missed foul call or anything, but you know, it, at, that's, you know, the rest were in a very, very, very tough position as well. Um, you know, as you know, home court and loud fans and, you know, looking at the clock, looking at the out of bounds line and everything. So you gotta kind of gotta give him some slack on that. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a it was a really close call. And 
you know, I mean, you know, they got the ball and they had a chance to win. And, you know, I'm glad they, they missed short. It all happened fast. I will say I'm really glad that they didn't call it ticky tacky foul at the end there. I understand there was some contact and Isaiah probably needed to be a little less aggressive in that scenario, but like that was on par with how they officiated that game all day. It kind of seemed like really for the first time in a long time, they were just kind of letting you guys go. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I think they, uh, they missed the foul, you know, on, on Zay's, you know, pull up. Oh, yeah. anyway. he, I mean, he, he hit him. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the game, it's, it's very hard to call a foul that way because you know, you don't want the game to end on free throws. You know? Especially on a loose ball, you know, it's not like yeah. he had the ball down low with a chance to score your six right. from the hoop. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they, yeah, they definitely let us play. I mean, you know, they had their big men are super, super physical and, you know, again, you know, we knew it was going to be a battle on the board. So, um, you know, I'm just super proud of my guys for staying physical and, you know, winning the, winning the war on the boards. It was, it was a, it was a very physical, very physical game. So take me through that block because obviously it was a great highlight. I was a little bit surprised you went for it, honestly, just because, you know, obviously the risk of fouling is, is tough in that situation. You don't want to put them at the line. Did the coaches just tell you guys go out and play defense? Like, was it just instinctual? Kind of what happened? Yeah, so basically, coach wanted us to foul immediately. Or actually, I take that back. It was maybe one or two dribbles and foul. Um, you know, Shaver got the ball, and I think Kendall just took a bad angle, really, and wanted mm-hmm. him to foul, and, and he crossed just, over. Yeah, don't even let him get the shot up. Yeah, and so I was just like, from my point of view, it was just like, Kendall, foul. Foul, you need to foul now. What's going on? And, uh, so he, and, you know, my man set a screen and, you know, Shaver came across half court and I, I knew he was going to shoot it. Um, so I just wanted to extend my arm as much as possible without having my body in there. Uh, and I'm just, you know, glad I blocked it. You know, it was, a it, it's a side relief for sure. You know, cause you know, Shaver had a, a logo step back three, you know, before and, and to force overtime. So I didn't want that to happen again. What's going through your guys' head after that? I mean, that was a circus shot, man. I mean, it was like right at the end of the shot clock, you guys, or maybe there wasn't a shot clock. Maybe it was just the end of the possession, but it it was just steps back, hits it. Tanjay's hands in his face. It it looked like pretty good defense from TV. You know, what what are the coaches telling you guys? What are you guys telling each other after that? Yeah, no, we're fine. Um, You know, he's hit three of them before. We watched all of them on film before, so... Uh, you know, I had as kind of a feeling that it was going to go in anyway, because, you know, that's just the game that he, he's had, you know, that day. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just, Hey, you know, it's a tie game. We have eight seconds and we have a lot of playmakers and a lot of shot makers. So, you know, I feel pretty comfortable in that position. Um, most of the time we will win that, you know, situation. Um, again, you know, it, it was a really, really tough shot and, you know, we, we just stay calm, you know, same thing as San Diego state, you know, just stay calm. There's 13 seconds and inbound. Usually I was going to inbound the ball because, you know, seven seconds is a lot. Um, we think of seconds as dribbles as well. Like think of, you know, dribbles or seven seconds, that's seven dribbles. So it takes three to get up the court. So uh, you have a lot, a lot of time. Um, but he called his timeout and we were just like, Hey, let's just drop a play and go win the game. You guys go into overtime. It's kind of back and forth at the beginning. Max Rice making a bunch of plays, probably played his best game of the season. Um, but then Chandler Jacobs, man, he just he had this aggressiveness in in overtime, and I guess at the end of regulation too, because he scored the final five points of regulation, the first six points of overtime. 
it, it seemed like you just kind of took it to another level where you guys just like, dude, you're on one right now. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of happened naturally, really. Um, you know, through the fall of the offense as well as, you know, late shot clock and someone had to go branch off the offense and, and make a play. And, you know, I mean, Chandler's a, a, an amazing, amazing, you know, basketball player. He's a teacher national player of the year and he's, he's done, he's been in those positions before. So, um, you know, for him to have a game that, that he did, I'm just super proud. And, and, you know, he was due for one again. So, um, you know, he's a super special talent, uh, and, you know, I couldn't be more proud. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of, uh, showing, showing a lot of maturity as well, especially on the offensive, offensive end. Um, you know, even just with the whole team, uh, you know, we didn't really force any shot. We just let it, you know, let it develop and use all the shot clock. I remember, um, you know, just zipping the ball literally around the three point line and someone drove and then we did it again and got the offense rebound and scored and everything. So, uh, man, it was just a huge testament to our growth on the offensive end. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If you're not a new customer, get in on the action with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $1 on any NBA team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's with the promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers only, $5 minimum deposit, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I'm sure it's fun to, you know, clear out and make an ISO play, you know, hit like a fadeaway on someone. But it, there's got to be a, a sense of like camaraderie and it's got to be fun team basketball to play that way. When everyone's sharing it, you know, just because you get rid of it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, it's the thing that I try to tell as many basketball players as I can. It's just like, ISO ball is very inefficient. Um, you know, you can do it for 25, 30, 35 minutes, but 40 minutes, it's really, really tough. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, man, I just get, I just get a smile on my face. I think it was, uh, when John had a corner three in front of our bench, I kicked it out to Kendall and it literally just zipped all the way around to John. I was just like, that's great basketball. Like that's good. That, that shot has got to go in. And, you know, unfortunately he missed it. I think we got the whole board. I think Chandler actually got the whole board. Um, but you know, it was, it was a great shot and man, it's just like, that was just awesome. Everybody got to touch the ball and, you know, hopefully we had a, a chance to win it and get up, you know, by three or four or whatever, but you know, we missed a shot, but, we got that offensive rebound. So, but yeah, moments like that is just awesome. No shade at John here, obviously, because missing shots is, is just a part of basketball. But that's a, as a viewer, that's always such a like when you see such a pretty possession, you're like, you gotta hit it, you gotta hit it, and then it feels like that one never goes in. Yeah, it's it's man. We we feel the exact same way sometimes. Like, I'll do a nice move and kick it out, and you know, so like, please make it, please make it. But you know, it's just the game of basketball. You know, you miss you miss more of the shots that you make. So. Um, you know, it is what it is. John's going to make that shot, you know, 50% of the time. So, uh, it is what it is. I mean, John's been really impressive lately, especially, I mean, he's playing injured and 
it, it seems like him kind of being inserted into the starting lineup and then having Chandler kind of be a veteran to come off and, and lead that second unit with, you know, some of the younger guys has really started to, to work out well. Yeah. I mean, John's, you know, really helped us out this season. Uh, I mean, every season, but, um, you know, his aggressiveness is, is unmatched on the offensive end. And, you know, he's, he's always getting better on the defensive end, uh, too. You know, he's, he's super long and athletic, uh, super strong. So he can guard basically one through five. Um, and he's, he's starting to learn a lot more about it, uh, and, you know, applying it to every single game. And so, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a great defender and, and, you know, can make every single play on offense too. So he's really become, you know, a, a complete basketball player and I'm super proud of him. It's just a cool moment for him too. And I mean, like ultimately him and, and Chandler, they're going to be playing, you know, 20 plus minutes on most nights anyway. So it's, you know, kind of a, I mean, it really doesn't matter which one of them starts. They're both going to be playing a, t- a ton of key minutes, but it is cool for, you know, that guy who's had to be, you know, kind of the one left out of the starting lineup, despite having the talent now getting a chance, especially, you know, down the stretch with everything on the line and he's living up to it. Yeah, no, he's been awesome. Uh, we've, we've said that really since freshman year is just like, dude, like you're like our sixth starter. Like he, he really is. You really have everything that, you know, we have is just like, you just, you're just the sixth one, I guess. I don't you know, all of our positions could change, but, um, you know, it's, it's just a testament to him and sticking with it, uh, you know, understanding. I mean, he started against all robbers, dropped 31. The next game, he's on the bench again. Um, you know, similar thing, you know, when AT got injured again. So, um, you know, just understanding that and just knowing like, hey, you know, just stick with it. And you're just as, you know, important to this team as everybody else. So um, for him to, to stick with it and, you know, just buy into his role is just awesome. I'm definitely happy for him. He's kind of quiet guy, but also like the the few times I've been able to kind of get him out, and it's like, oh man, you've got a you've got a really great personality. Nah, yeah, he's man, he's like that all the time. Uh, first time I met him, I was like, bro, he doesn't speak. Uh, <laughs> him, him and Deshaun, like they don't speak, but they're like the two goofiest dudes I know. Um, once you get them behind closed doors and everything, they just start opening up and. They're, they're both hilarious, um, you know, so, uh, you know, great, great basketball players and great human beings. As far as DT goes, he's, he's kind of on a, a cold stretch a little bit offensively, but he's getting good looks up. I mean, is it just kind of this similar message with some of the, these other guys when they've, you know, kind of gone through some cold stretches, just keep putting them up. We need you to spread the floor. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, I think he has to, you know, find his rhythm. Uh, again, I think he's a rhythm player. So once he sees one go down, I mean, that's when the floodgates open. So, um, you know, last year he shot 50% from three. So, you know, I have the utmost faith in him to, to knock down every shot that he shoots. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes, you know, he's hearing multiple messages of like, Hey, move the ball. It's like a fine line between moving the ball and getting a good shot and understanding like a big man is kind of sinking down a little bit and, you have four feet of space, like, Hey, just shoot the ball. Um, you know, we're ready to offense rebound if needed. And, you know, we're ready to high five you if you make it. So, um, you know, for him, it's just, I think it's just a rhythm part. And again, like every, like many other people on the team, he's, he's due for a big game. So, um, you know, I think, you know, I think it's just, you know, him getting back into the rhythm of things and, you know, he's, he's been great on defense. He's been great, you know, rebounding, especially on the offensive glass, um, you know, great vocal leader on defense as well. He's, he's, 
man, I wish I could tell you guys just the stories of like him and James, like freshman year, just, you know, coach Medvedev just screaming at him just to, to raise their voice on defense. Um, but now he is, and he's a vocal leader. I, I can hear him in sellout crowds and everything. So, uh, you know, the, the amount of growth that he's had over the past two and a half years has been, it's been awesome. So man, I put, a, I have all my trust in him that, you know, he'll, he'll have a big game. It's funny you bring that up because I, I remember specifically being at a practice where Nico just like ran under the hoop and, you know, he's dramatically closing out at the three point line and he's yelling and clapping. He's like, see, like, you got to make your presence felt like, yeah. I was just like, oh man, like Nico gets a little more intense than you'd expect. Oh yeah. hundred percent. He, uh, man, he does that a lot actually. Uh, especially if, you know, the intensity is not the, the way he's supposed to, he'll, he'll do it himself and, and. It's like, if he can do it, bro, we can do it 10 times better. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just, yeah, we just got to pick it up. You guys got a big couple of games coming up. Um, probably some much needed rest here over these, you know, next couple of nights. Wyoming plays New Mexico tonight. I assume you guys will kind of be, I don't know, like tuned in a little bit or, or watch it, you know, once they have the scouting report. Have you played in the pit yet? I haven't. Yeah, this is a, a crazy situation, but yeah, That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So, first year we played them once at our house, and then last year, you know, it was COVID, so we uh, played them once at at our house again. Uh, so yeah, this is my first time at the pit. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I've heard many, many, many stories about about the pit, so I'm I'm very excited. What kind of stood out to you guys about New Mexico when you played them last other than, I mean, they've got a couple of guards that can really score. Yeah, I would say their pace. Um, you know, I think either, you know, one of the fastest teams that we've played this season, um, super aggressive in transition, especially in, you know, high ball screen and drag situations. Uh, you know, Jalen House is for sure the fastest player I've ever played in my life. Um, you know, the way that he can split ball screens and get downhill and, you know, get the, get the right guy an open shot is just, you know, very impressive. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a great talent, you know, Jamal Mashburn, Minnesota, uh, transfer, you know, I've seen him play in the big 10 and, you know, he can score at every level. Um, you know, he's a great scorer as well. So, uh, I, I would say, you know, just having those two at a tandem is, is, is a, is a really dangerous thing. Um, but yeah, they're just super fast, super fast athletic and, you know, they can get up in transition in, in three seconds and score a basket. How does it change what you can do defensively when you're going up against a guy like House who just has, you know, elite speed? Does it mean you, you have to be maybe a little less aggressive because you don't want him to blow up by you? Um, I think it's just more conscious of of where he is on the floor and, and especially, you know, if it's just not the two people in the ball screen, but the three who aren't in the ball screen just kind of load a little bit more uh, and understand that. But um, you know, we'll have our personal meeting today and we'll probably figure out the scheme and whatever uh, over the next few days. But I think that would just be my idea is to uh, try to compact the lane a little bit and, and just having the bigs be ready to guard a little bit more. Do you know, are you guys going to come home in between New Mexico and Vegas? Or are you guys going to go straight there? Yeah, we'll fly straight there uh, after the game. And, and I think that's good. Yeah, stay in Vegas and everything. All right. Um We'll wrap up here. I just have a couple of questions that people sent in on Twitter awesome. <laughs> on sarcastically. Uh, did you ever play football? If so, what position? <laughs> I, I did play football. I, I played right guard. Uh, oh, I heard you were a kicker. Oh, um, yeah. I, I was a punter, actually. I really was a punter. Um, no, I played quarterback, defensive end, 
and punter. Punter was actually, punting was actually pretty fun. Not gonna lie. How far do you think you could punt it today? My well, my record uh, in high school was like I it took an amazing bounce. I'll just say that uh, it was like over eighty yards. Um, Damn, that's Stonehouse esque. Yeah, it was, so it 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 was really like fifty five. But then it bounced and it literally just like rolled. Like it didn't bounce and like go back up in the air. It just bounced and rolled all the way down. Um, so that was uh, that was a long time ago. But if I could punt now, I could probably punt probably 60, 65 for sure. We have another question about the, the quarterback thing. Did you know that CSU fans have made a drinking game out of every time they mention your quarterback, former quarterback on the on the broadcast? I did not know that. I know there was a bingo. I didn't know it was a, a drinking game. I did not know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, we've got a we got a, a good question for you. Gotcha. Uh, have you been in contact with any scouts or you know professional people over you know the course of your college career? And have you gotten any feedback on kind of what you need to work on as as far as the next level goes? Uh, no, uh, not not you know as of late. Um, you know, that's, that's a, it's like another world of process that I, I, I don't know about yet. Um, you know, I just heard feedback from, I think just friends, family, friends, and, you know, people who may, you know, again, Trey Jones and Tyus Jones and everybody, um, you know, just maybe about that, but not too much. Um, I think it's just, you know, very similar to the things that, you know, our coaches are saying to me as well, you know, Hey, just a better on decision-making, uh, playmaking as well. Um, defensive end is always important in the NBA. I feel like that's a, that's a huge thing that, you know, rookies can understand is just like, Hey, you're going to have to guard like you've never guarded before. So, um, I think those, those areas are, are always, you know, ways of improvement. Obviously your three point shooting is much improved, at least statistically, but you know, you and I have kind of talked in the past, you've said you've always been able to hit them. It's just kind of been a matter of, of shot selection and, and kind of rhythm shooting. Yeah, I would say so, 100%. I think that's the one major factor that if I could write a book on, you know, how to be a good shooter in college is uh, to freshmen is to just have, you know, good shot selection, um, you know, not having a hand in your face or, you know, not forcing it or, you know, not having it six seconds into the shot clock and everything. Um, understanding a good shot and a great shot is, is very important. And I think that's what really separated me from, you know, past years to this year. I will say I have noticed one move that you've done a couple of times this year where you, you kind of go one-on-one ISO. You're not all the way in the corner, but it's, you know, from about like 10 feet out and you do kind of the like crossover fadeaway thing where the, you go over them. Is that something you worked on in the off season? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Most of the things I do is, is, you know, it's been repped out. Um, you know, I try my best to do it that way because I mean, you know, it, it just gives you a better opportunity and a better chance to score the ball. So uh, most of the moves I do, I try to work on, and sometimes I have to do a freestyle, but, you know, that's just basketball. So Reminds me of a young Carmelo Anthony as a Nuggets fan, or, you know, Kobe hit that shot a bunch. Obviously, LeBron hits it. Um, Do you... Announcers a couple times have made that comparison just because you're a a bigger guy, and obviously that kind of creates tough expectations but is he a guy that you kind of try and model yourself as just in terms of being bigger and stronger than everyone, but still playing with a, you know, touch and, you know, almost being a de facto point guard? Uh, yes and no. 
yes, in the way of I love his all-around game and the way he shares the ball. And just, you know, over the past probably five to six years, the way that, you know, he's honed his skills. Um, but I'm not 6'5", or 6'9", I mean, uh, and have a 42-inch vertical. And That's you know, a good point. Very few I, people I do. I can't dunk for the free throw line at 37. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm 20, so I can't even do that yet. So um, I wish I could have that, but, uh, you know, I got, you know, the body that I was given. Um, but no, yeah, I, I definitely admire the way that, you know, he just, you know, just got so much better over the past, you know, six years, especially, um, you know, even this year, he's shooting the best that he's ever shot. So, um, you know, I just love watching him play and, and, you know, hopefully that they can get this turnaround. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this chemistry is going on, but they need to, they need to fix something because they should, they're basically out the playoffs right now. So. I don't want to see Braun go out like this, but the Lakers have just tortured me my entire life. So I'm kind of just like, eh, you guys kind of deserve it. It's, um, it's, it's tough. I don't know about you guys, but anytime I can get something delivered to me, I'm all for it. What's even better is CBD infused Strava Craft Coffee is the ultimate gift to give this time of year. Do you have friends, loved ones, colleagues that suffer from migraines, joint pain? Do they have IBS like our friend Brendan Vogue? You must give them some CBD-infused Strava. It ships straight to the door, and they're going to thank you guys. Strava is giving our listeners 25% off their entire purchase when they use the code DNVR25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use the code DNVR25 at checkout. If you try Strava and you love it, you can subscribe, which means you're never going to have to buy coffee in the store again. It'll land on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whatever you prefer. You're going to receive 20% off your CBD-infused coffee every time. Strava also offers CBD-infused decaf coffee. So if that's more down your alley, take advantage. You can also try the Strava Craft Cold Brew at the DNVR bar. We have it on tap. Just swing on by. You will not be disappointed. CBD-infused coffee helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more. No coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day. Check it out. And be sure to use the code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com today. We got a, a question about, you know, they, they bring up the fact that you're a multi-sport athlete, a lot of three-sport athlete. Can you give some insight into what the process is like when it comes to picking which sport, you know, you really want to focus on and, and what are kind of the, the key things you, you should focus on when making that decision? Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I, I, well, like how, how did I choose my sports or? Yeah, I guess like, and going back, you know, what made you choose basketball over football? And then now kind of in hindsight, if if somebody was in the same position, what would you say? Like, these are probably what you should focus on when, when thinking about this decision. Yeah. uh, That's a great question. Um, I would say first and foremost is again, like I always say relationship and fit. Um, you know, basketball, it was mostly basketball and football. I wasn't really getting recruited for track that much. Um, that was just more of like a fun thing and, and, you know, getting conditioning for football and basketball. Um, you know, having the relationships with the coaches and understanding one understanding that maybe high major not be the, might not be the best thing for you. If you reach a high major, you know, and you go there, that's, that's a huge accomplishment, um, you know, to get offered by a high major school, but understanding like, you know, if that school is just, if you're there just for the shoes and the, the all the money that's in there and, you know, the facilities and, and all this, like that's, I don't think that's the right, you know, 
motive to go to a school because you're going to be miserable for four years, but you're going to have nice shoes, you know? Um, you know, you might, you know, go to a mid-major like I did um, and have great relationships with the coaching staff and, and the community. And, you know, you want to change the culture and, you know, just have, you know, have it's what's best for you, you know, choose what's best for you. Um, you know, that's really what I did for myself. Uh, football is more cookie cutter. So, you know, they recruit hundreds of kids and, you know, I didn't really get a, a real personal relationship with anybody. So, um, basketball I did with many, many, many teams. So, um, yeah, that's why I chose it. But if I would give advice, that would be a hundred percent. The first thing I would say is relationship and fit. That was a great question from my guy, Nick Patnude. Um, a lot of, you know, coaches want athletes to specialize, especially pretty early on in the process. A lot of the data shows that, you know, professional athletes, a lot of the people that make it there were people that played two, three sports in high school. Are you glad that you, you know, played everything throughout? I, I know you you had a great experience, but in hindsight, like if you would, could have only focused on basketball as a senior and, and started that process a little bit sooner, would you have... Or are you glad that, you know, you got that senior year and in football and got to experience it all? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent, you know, glad I, I played all three sports um, because you learn so much. Uh, you learn so much, so many intricacies that you can use in, in one sport. You know, I have a, a, a wider knowledge of how to compete, I would say. Um, you know, football is completely different than basketball and that's completely different, different than track. So, um, you know, to have those foundations to to you know to pick from and, and tailor my basketball game to is, is just been awesome uh, different mentalities different ways to different ways to recover different ways to hone a skill different ways to you know compete uh you know football wise you know track is very technical uh with my footwork basketball is the same way uh football is more strength so i can you know inter interweave all of it into one giant canvas of my artwork pretty much. So, um, you know, a hundred percent would promote everybody to go try out at least two or three sports because, you know, and also if you specialize at seven years old, you might just get burnt out when you're 18 and, you know, the kid might not want to play basketball anymore. And I've seen that happen multiple, multiple times. They just don't love the game the way that they, their parents did, you know, and that's the sad truth about, you know, a lot of, a lot of athletes is that, you know, the parents kind of control their lives and, you know, the, the kid might've been burnt out of basketball at 12 and they're still playing in college, you know, because their parents forced them to. So it's just a sad story. And, you know, unfortunately it happens. Um, but I'm just super glad that I have that, you know, those multiple experiences to, to base my, my own foundation on. Did you ever have people that tried to pressure you into, Hey, you should only play football. You know, you're big and strong or, Hey, you know, you should only play basketball. Uh, no, I didn't, uh, not in my inner circle. Um, you know, people always are on the basketball court before they see me play. They're like, oh, you should be a lineman or anything. But once they, after they see me play, it's like, okay, yeah, you're pretty And you dunk on their face and they're like, yeah, don't say it so much. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I didn't have any, any, anybody like that in my circle. So I was, I was, you know, grateful for that. You heard it guys. You don't just have to play one sport. Yeah. The last question we got is from at Tanner underscore WC. Sorry, I didn't do the names on the first questions, people. What's been the most hostile road environment you've played in this season? Are there any different ways to prep for that um, when you're playing at home? I would say most hostile road environment 
I mean, Wyoming was pretty rough, as well as now nah, I'd say Wyoming. Utah State's always, you know, tough. You know, they have half the arena is, is students, so rowdy students. So, um, you know, those those two are always tough. Uh, to prepare, uh, it's really just, you know, again, it's just you kind of want to welcome it. Um, you know, it's in a, a true road game and understanding that, you know, those people don't like you. And, you know, if, especially if you pull out a win, it's going to be, you know, even more sweeter. So um, understanding that is always is always fun and being in those environments is always fun, too. Do you guys do the football thing where you, you know, blare in a bunch of noise and then try and, you know, practice through that? No, no, we, we don't, we don't do that. Um, yeah, no. Do you think that uh, actually I, helps? Like, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. I would say hundred percent. I was at, um, university of Minnesota when I first realized like they do that. Um, you know, university of Minnesota, PJ Fleck is, is a, is a great coach. Um, he's super organized and everything. So like <laughs> he'll have a mic, he'll have a mic. And then every time he speaks, the crowd noise stops. So like, he knows like the people players know what to do, but then like they just turn up the game volume and everything. I was like, Oh, that's actually pretty impressive and actually pretty nice to, to do just to get used to it. But you know, Moby Madness has been great. So I don't, you know, like we've had sold out crowds. I don't think we've, we'll probably play in some sold out crowds, you know, on the, you know, on the road, but uh, you know, we've had a lot of experiences with loud, loud noises. So. Yeah. Last thing I just wanted to ask you here, you guys are the only team in the league that plays with an Under Armour ball. Do you notice that difference when you guys go from, you know, arena to arena, you know, we're using a Wilson ball here and now we're using a Nike ball and now we're back at home using an under ball or an Under Armour ball. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually, my first game we did play with Under Armour ball. I think we switched it. We switched to Wilson last year. Uh, you know, it was, um, it is different. I would say, you know, I think Boise, UNLV, San Diego state and air force, those guys, play with a Nike ball. It's a little bit different. I would say for sure uh, a little bit more slick, um, but you know, it is what it is. It's just a basketball. Uh, we don't really pay attention to it too much, um, but it is different. You know, they're, they're both pretty good basketballs, um, but I prefer the Wilson, of course, everybody, you know, it's the NCAA tournament ball too. So, um, you know, I'm just glad we have the Wilsons now because I think the Unarmers were, they were good, but um, it's just, it's just something that I wasn't used to. That is uncommon, you know, I'd say. Um, do you guys use a Nike ball in practice when you're going to be playing at a Nike school? Uh, no. Um, I think we do We do it before the Mount West tournament and whatever playoff, whatever postseason thing we have. Um, you know, the NIT had new Wilson balls. Uh, they were, you know, light orange. Um, and they were actually pretty, pretty good, pretty sticky. Um but, you know, they gave us some so we could practice with them and everything. But uh, we just stick with the Wilsons and everything. How do you like a basketball? I mean, do you like it brand new? you like it a little bit worn? Is it kind of too slick when it's right out of the box? Yeah, I it's too slick for sure, 100%. I mean, you know, once even in high school, you know, the, the playoffs, they would give give every every team a brand new basketball to play with. And it would just be like almost glossy because it's just not broken in at all. Um but yeah, a broken in basketball is, is, is awesome. Is the most, you know, preferred, I would say. Um, but I think in the Mount West tournament, I think they give us a brand new ball, which is pretty slick, but, um, it looks good on TV. So we can't really do anything about it. I get it. I just, I played high school baseball and I always hated some guys really like throwing a brand new baseball. 
And I always hated it because it just like felt weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Even on, you know, footballs too, you have to, you know, basically take a brush and wear it in before the game and everything. So um, it's, it's a definitely an interesting and tough process. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you as always for, for spending some time with me. I know the, the DNVR Rams listeners do as well. Safe travels out to New Mexico and good luck, man. I mean, you guys got to keep it rolling. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass My sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies We thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water Together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father One day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought That I am not the man I was